Good morning, beautiful people. This is Alice, and this is Protect Your Glow, the podcast. I want to say thank you once again for pressing that play button this morning. Today is Sunday, and um, I decided not to go to church today. I decided to have church from home, so at about 11 a.m., I will be streaming online to hear the word that God has uh, from my spirit this morning. And uh, I pray that you guys had a good week. And today I want to talk about, my topic for today is being consistent in the face of life's inconsistencies. I'll say that again. The title for our podcast this morning is Being Consistent in the Face of Life's Inconsistencies. And the title for that podcast came to me while listening to a sermon from Bishop Noel Jones. I've been listening to his sermons all week long. If you guys don't know who that is, it's Bishop N-O-E-L-J-O-N-E-S Jones. He is a pastor for the City of Refuge, a church in LA. And I used to listen to him like back in 08, 09. I used to listen to him like every morning when my son was about like one or two years old. I don't even know how I found him, but I guess through streaming online, I found him and his message resonated with me and his passion. Um, some of y'all might know him from the preachers of LA. You know, that's up for debate. A lot of people are for it, not against it. I just feel like if you're anointed, you're anointed, uh, and ain't nothing the devil can do about that. So, uh, he is an anointed man of God. Um, based on my opinion, you're entitled to your own, but I feel like God works through him and, um, just like God works through T.D. Jakes in very miraculous ways. And when God's giving you a gift, ain't nothing nobody can do about it. And so, I like him. Uh, I was listening to his sermons all week long, along with um, some of Dr. Juanita Bynum's sermons. And uh, the reason for that is, you know, I'm in, I'm in a very strange place in my uh, life in this season. A very unfamiliar place where I'm learning to put down my pride. I'm learning to be humbled. God is humbling me. Something that does not come easy for me. So I'm learning how to trust God through this process in my life. Trust God that he will, uh, his will will be done in my life. In our lives. And... Every day waking up is not easy because you, you're constantly trying to figure God out, right? Trying to wonder, okay, God, what you, what you got in store for me today? What is it that you want me to learn today? What is it that you want me to do today? So I'm trying to be consistent by constantly keeping in prayer, trying to be consistent by, uh, being the best mother I can be, trying to be consistent with being the best friend I can be, the best wife I could be, the best daughter, the best person, the best coworker, 
you know, trying to learn how to take the focus off of me. Because I realize when you go through something in life, as unplanned, as uh, as twisted, as unforeseen as the situation I'm in now, have you ever gone through something and you just like, you never thought that would be you, right? You just like, that would never happen to me. You never imagined you could be that person. You, could, you never imagined you would be in that space. And then you find yourself there and you're wondering, how in the world did I get here? How in the world did I make this U-turn? What happened to me? And then I found out that pride, thinking that I was in control, not listening to the voice of God in my life, and essentially trying to fix my own problems is how life's inconsistencies, inconsistencies sometimes catches up with me. But this is what happens too when you're in when when life brings on his uh its inconsistencies and for me I find that you have to remain consistent with going back to your core values, remembering who you are in Christ, remembering what you were bought here for and that this life's journey is not going to be easy one single bit. But it's not a time for you or I to give up on it. It's not a time for us to throw in the towel and think that God has forgotten about us. I don't think God has forgotten when we go through life's uh, trials and tribulations. I just think that's God's way of strengthening us or directing us into the destiny that he has planned for our lives. Excuse me. Um, so my kid's not here today, just me. My daughter is with her father. I spoke to her yesterday and she's having fun with her dad. My son is at camp, church camp, with my big brother Jonas. And I'm sure uh, God's working something there in his life. I'm trying to keep my children, you know, connected to God in some way, form, or fashion. The Bible tells us to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. And that speaks true for me. I apologize if I'm seems like I'm all over the place, but I'm just talking from the top of my head here. And I'm talking to you guys. I feel like, you know, we're friends and uh, we're having a phone conversation. So I think it's all right. Um, I know for me growing up, man, I used to hate going to church. Y'all don't understand. Especially growing up in a Haitian culture where church is at the top priority of your life. Church is everything to the Haitian community. God is everything to the Haitian community. Um, so I'm speaking from experience here. But I remember we used to go to church Monday through Sunday. It was crazy. Come from school, prayer meeting come from school we had to go to Bible study come from school 
my father or mother was at, you know, the midnight prayer. Especially on Fridays. Ooh, when they used to have you go to church from like 6 to midnight. I'm thinking, we don't need to be praying this long. Like, God don't need me to talk to him for that long for him to hear my problems. I'm thinking like, and you know it's one of those prayer meetings where you be praying and then you just start falling asleep. I swear those are the best times to sleep. It sounds bad, right? But man, praying, for me it was like when they started praying, that was like the best way to <laughs> to go to sleep because I would be knocked out. And mind you, I was like 14, 15 at the time. It's not like I had a car and I could just drive off. My dad would go crazy, first of all. Because you you at church, you ain't going nowhere. You staying there until it's over. They don't care what you got. They don't care if you're sick. They're going to pray over you. They don't care if you got to throw up. They're going to pray over you. You're going to stay right there until it's over. And so going to church was like anxiety for me. I was just like, we got to do this again and again and again. But you see, I didn't understand what my daddy was doing. I didn't understand what my mom was doing when they kept us at church. And, I mean, we were in church choirs. and So church was my, I, mean, I grew up in the church. Church was my life. Um, but the thing is, I grew up in church. And the way God was taught to me, they made me afraid of God. It was like, ooh, if you do this, God's going God gonna to be mad and he ain't going to like you. And. It was just like, ooh, God, God looks sound like he mean. I don't, I don't know about this God y'all talking about because I feel like I'm scared of him, you know. <laughs> um, so it wasn't until I started growing up and whenever I try to make a left, God would make me make a right. And um, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever find yourself like trying to fit in with the crowd but you just don't fit? Like, I was one of them girls in high school that I would always hang out with the cool kids, right? Because I liked hanging out with people that were older than me for some reason. I don't know. I just thrived towards people that were older than me. I felt like they had something to teach me that I didn't know. So I've always been a young woman with an old school heart. Like, I was like this uh, teenager with, like, adult friends, you know? That was me. I was like a teenager with friends that were, like, in their 40s and their 50s. Because I, I love to learn from older people because they've been through some things. I like to learn from people that's been through something because I feel like they got something to tell me. They got, they got something they could deter me from, right? And so I was that girl in high school where, you know, I had friends that were club hopping and stuff and trying to be in with the cool crowd. And But I was that girl that just, I couldn't be in the clubs, like... First of all, my daddy would kill me if he found out where I was. And second of all, it just, it never appealed to me, I guess. Like, it never, but most of all, I think it was fear of my father, you know. Um, and I was a girl that, you know, you see people smoking and stuff, and you just like, nah, fam, I'm good. Like, because, I don't know. I, I, it didn't make me better than these, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't better than these people. But I just felt like God, like, that's, I don't know. That's just, I felt like that was God's way of setting me apart. And I, I remember also being that girl that, you know, had some friends that went into having sex or whatever. And my daddy told me, you ever try to bring any kid in this house, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Point blank, period. Like, he was not playing, y'all. Like, my daddy was crazy. 
And I ain't joking. Like, he was... Y'all think I'm I'm not... My I grew up in a strict militant household. My daddy said, jump, you got to say how high. That's, that's the way I grew up. It was, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, you don't ask questions. Um, and even though, too, sometimes, you know, my dad would say things without even, like, elaborating on it. Like, you know, you're telling your 13-year-old daughter that she shouldn't be having sexual intercourse and to bring a kid home and I'm thinking like how does that even happen like what is what is that what what do you mean can you explain can you elaborate on that and you know Haitian parents didn't have time for that just wanted you to figure it out I just I said no no that's it you don't need to ask me no questions about how it's gonna happen you just don't do it you know uh so back to the topic about church so you know I grew up in church whatever but it wasn't until I became an adult and I was just navigating through life's you know through life's inconsistencies, through the issues, through the through the mind games, I allowed the enemy to play with my mind. Well, the, the mind games that the Lord allowed him to to play with me, because nothing happens without God's permission, right? It wasn't until going through all that that I realized this was the God my father was talking about. Like now, you know, like yesterday, for example, clap clap bravo for me. I finally went to. The Christian bookstore and bought a Bible cost me $42 but it was worth every single penny because I'm starting to you know not only when I not only do I want to hear the Word of God but I, I'm in this season in my life where I want to know God for myself you know I can hear preachings all day long I can sing songs all day long but it's one thing to know of God and then it's one thing to have a relationship with God. See, because so many people, they know who God is. Oh, yeah, I heard about y'all God, you know. Yeah, he created the universe, and he made the seas, and he made this, and he made that. But a lot of them don't believe in him, right? So I'm trying to dissect my God. I'm trying to understand him from fresh lens. I'm trying to see him through new eyes, you understand? So, I decided, I've read so many books in my life, you know. I was thinking this morning, man, I've read books about encouragement, books on how to be a good person, books on how to find friend, good friends, and, and books on how to be an entrepreneur, and books on how to, you know, jump when it's time to jump. Don't be afraid to go after your goals, and, and books about, you know, self-improvement. But the one book I never really tapped into was the Bible, because I found it to be boring. I was like, I can't read this stuff, I can't. And every time I try to read the Bible, I don't know about y'all, but I'll fall asleep. And I'm like, that ain't the work of the Lord. <laughs> like Christy Show would say, that ain't the work of the Lord. I'm thinking like, why am I falling asleep? I don't fall asleep to read no other book but the Bible. Isn't that crazy? And so I'm in a different space now. And I'm starting from Genesis. I'm starting from the beginning. I'm going to work my way down. I want to know everything, you know. God has to say about his creation and himself and so I, I'm in a very you know I'm in a uh, a learning state at this time so I'm I'm happy to see what God's gonna do with that looking forward to that but um let me talk to y'all for a little bit the house is quiet my baby's not here I miss him though miss my daughter miss my son I'm real close to my daughter. I'm not sure if because she's a girl or not, but that's my boo. And 
Even though sometimes she's a, you know, she she bother her brother or whatever and get on his nerves. But it's like <laughs> she could be in the wrong, and I'm like, yeah, leave Daya alone. He looking at me like, well, she hit me, and I'm like, I, I don't matter. You don't leave her alone. It's, it's crazy. I don't know. It's just something about the the, my, the baby that maybe maybe some mamas can relate. Just something about your baby, like if you have two or three kids, just something about that last one. It's just you just feel that connection, like you feel like you like you were a lion, you gotta protect that baby. And that's just how I feel with my daughter. Like, it's my boo. I mean, I love my son to pieces. Don't get me wrong now, that's my firstborn. He is the heir to my throne. But, my daughter, I'm trying to get myself right, you know? I'm trying to get my mind right so that I can even know how to be or how to show her what a woman is all about. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, What's the word? I feel like I'm a jigsaw puzzle. Is that what it's called? Let me look it up. Hold on, now you here? I think it's called a jigsaw. What is it? A jigsaw puzzle? I don't want to get out of this thing because I don't want it to. Hold on. What's the puzzle called, y'all? That um, Will Smith likes to. I'm from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Will Smith used to like um, solving that thing. Hold on. Is it a jigsaw puzzle? How much I know? I don't even know. I can't find it. But anyway, I feel like I'm a. I, I can be. Because, you know, I, I got to watch what I speak over myself. Because I believe in the power of words, I believe in, in manifestation of words. So. I'm just, I believe I'm very unique in my understanding of things. So I'm trying to be a better woman to myself, a better person, so that I can help raise my daughter to be that. Because I'm trying my best to get my mind right, get my thoughts right, you know. Because my mother, you know, growing up, she's a great woman. Awesome mother. Great example for me growing up but because of her lack of education in some areas smart woman because life has taught her a lot her teacher was her life was her teacher life is her teacher thank god she's still here so she's full of wisdom full of knowledge but because of her lack of education and certain things she couldn't teach me she didn't have not that she couldn't she just didn't have the right tools and so i'm trying to equip myself with the right tools and and use the opportunities that I have that my mother didn't have to, you know, be the woman of God that I know I can be for my daughter and for my son, but mostly for my daughter. So, I have some questions for you guys. Have you, you not some questions, but I wrote some notes here about being consistent in the face of life and consistencies. You find yourself having to be strong when you want to be weak and consistent. You have to hold it together for your children even while your world is falling apart and consistent. All while you still smile with a good morning coming out of your lips. I listened, like I told you guys, I was listening to Bishop Noel Jones this week and he said something profound that I had to write down. He said, your thoughts become the expression of who you are. 
That's why you can't allow negativity into your thoughts. If you allow negative people to feed your thoughts, then you can't be anything different than what they feed. I'm going to say it again for the folks in the back. He said, your thoughts become the expression of who you are. That's why you can't allow negativity into your thought. If you allow negative people to feed your thoughts, then you can't be anything different than what they feed. <laughs> That's why I'm really strict about my inner circle. It is, for me, so important the people you allow in your life. Friends are important too because they're your lifeline. Y'all probably heard me say that before, but it's imperative that the people you have around you are not only helping to build you up, but you're also helping to build them up as well. And for me, I know how my mind works. I can't allow an inkling of negativity to fester in my mind. Now, does that mean that my life is perfect? Absolutely not. Does that mean that I don't think of negative thoughts? Does that mean that sometimes I don't want to cut somebody out? No. Does that mean sometimes I don't want to fight or slap somebody in the face? It doesn't mean that. Does that mean sometimes that I don't want to scream or go to jail because somebody said something that was to the left? Does that mean... That I don't sometimes feel like walking away from relationships or having thoughts of running away from life's problems. It doesn't mean that. What it means is that I make it a mission to constantly listen to things that is pouring life into me. And that's why I'm a bit obsessed about listening to sermons. I'm a bit obsessed about reading, listening to podcasts. My biggest therapeutic avenue is writing because I don't want to keep nothing in my head that ain't supposed to be there. So I write and then I release it onto the paper. And now what was in my mind flow through my fingertips and onto the paper and now I'm visualizing what was in my head because now I can see it and once I see it that means the thought that was in my mind is now taken out of my head through the passage of my fingers in a pen and now when I see it it becomes alive because it's in my face and I can then dwell on it I can then assess it and make a decision whether or not to act on what I was thinking or let that go and most of the time I just let it go because a lot of times it's not worth my time or energy but um yeah, it's important. That's why I don't watch TV or the news. 
It doesn't mean I, doesn't mean I, I'm not informed of what is going on. I sometimes, like I told you guys in my other podcast, if you dig into my archives, I've said this before. I will go on the news to see, you know, I'll go online, USA Today or New York Times or, you know, Essence.com, and I would read about what's going on around the country, see different opinions about it, and then log off because. For me, I feel like the news controls people's in, like anxiety, like it controls people's feelings. Like, for example, my mom, she loves listening to the news, but she is one of the most anxiety-filled people I know. Don't get me wrong; she's funny, she's humorous, she's smart. She's also full of anxiety because she feeds her mind those things. And on top of that, she's Haitian, so there's a, a language barrier. So half of the time, she don't even really understand what they're saying because her English is not all that clear. So then she is making up these assumptions in her mind of what she thinks she's hearing, and then that just added fuel to her anxiety. And I'm like, Mama, I need you to get off of the television. Like, I need you to turn that crap off and stop listening to that junk because you don't even know what they're saying half of the time. I have to sit here and interpret it for you. Like, get off. You know? So, and I told her respectfully, Mama, please don't watch the news when I'm around. Like, wait till I leave because I'm not trying to hear that garbage, you know? I'm not saying it's not good to be informed and know what's going on with your country. I'm just saying don't let that control you. Don't let that dictate whether you get out of the house or not or put some type of fear in you because that's what they want to do. That's what they they want. When they instill that fear in you, then they're able to control you. So I'm not telling you you can't watch me. I'm just saying that's what works for me. See, like I said, the way my mind is set up, if I don't con- if I don't constantly, day in and day out, feed this mind with reading, listening to the things of God, praying, talking to God, crying my eyes out, writing or journaling and then repeat that every single day then the enemy will likely rent a room in my mind and it will take an eviction notice from the Holy Spirit to get him out how do I know because I've allowed him to come in before and it wasn't good so I've already been on a roller coaster ride with the devil and he almost killed me y'all See, the enemy don't like me. He don't like us. Because he knows the plans that God has for us. And boy, is he shook. He's mad. Because he looks at us like, I used to be God angel. Now, this is just me speculating. This is not somebody telling me this. It's just me thinking off the top of my head. This is how I interpret it. How I would think the enemy would think. He looking at us like, I used to be God's angel. He kicked me out. And now you're going to tell me that he loves y'all more than me? I'm going to take every single one of y'all to hell with me if I can. And that's what I think he says. So, when the Bible talks about how the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, it's not, it's no joke. Like, he really literally wants you out. Because if he can have you to denounce God, if he can have you 
think God is not real and he doesn't exist because you're going through so much bad stuff. You just can't be a guy like this. God can't be in this situation because it's so bad. If God loved me, he wouldn't have put me in this predicament. You say to yourself, if God loved me so much, I wouldn't be going through all this pain and these issues and these problems that I have. If God loved me so much and called me his own, I wouldn't have to suffer like this or my mother wouldn't have to suffer like this or my daddy or my sister or my brother or my friend would not have to go suffer like this or they wouldn't die such a painful and crazy death, you know. And he has this stuff in our head that we just... We just paint God as to be this mean person. Like, God, you say you love me and I'm going through all of this? You love me? And this is how you show me you love me? And then I have to rebuke the enemy and tell myself, there's nothing that God do that's by accident. God is a God. He's God all by himself. He doesn't make mistakes. It's not like he's going to do something and say, oops, my bad, I'm sorry. He's not human. He doesn't. He doesn't make mistakes. So if I'm going through whatever I'm going through, it's not because he doesn't love me. It's because he loves me. And and I'm going through it because uh, the enemy sees the plans that God has for my life. And he wants to stop it. And so he makes me feel bad or makes me go into a state of depression or anxiety to make me believe that what God has for me is not really mine. And that's why it's important to stay in the word of God so that when the enemy comes to attack you, you have something to fight with. It's not enough for us to listen and hear these sermons at church on Sundays. It's not enough for us to turn the television on or go to YouTube and play a, a video of somebody preaching to us. But it's also important that we hide the word of God in our hearts so that when the enemy comes, and the enemy could be anybody now, See, sometimes we think the devil looks ugly, right? Sometimes we think he's this big old ugly monster with horns and a red face and he's just ugly. Sometimes the enemy looks good. You hear me? Sometimes the enemy is a fine, tall, six foot two specimen of creation. And you like, Dang, I want that, you know, sometimes the enemy is this fine looking girl, beautiful long hair, skin made of silk, fellas, and you're like, yeah, I want that, sometimes the enemy don't always look bad, you look good, and that's how we get deceived. That's how we get trapped into what we want. Because he's not going to try to tempt you with something that he knows you don't want. He's going to tempt you with something that you do, do want. And that's why it's important to hide the word of God in our hearts. So that when the enemy comes like a thief in the night, then we have something to attack him with. And so, I write here. That the enemy almost tried to kill me. More than once, by the way. More than once. So I just feel like if the devil keep coming after me like this, I must got something he really want. He don't bother nobody that ain't got nothing to offer. The enemy ain't gonna bother you if you ain't got nothing to bring to the table. He gonna leave you alone because he ain't got nothing to work with. But if he sees you as a force to be reckoned with, 
if he sees you as a threat, then he gonna try to come after you with everything he got. And so, you know, I feel like had God not intervened in my life, I would have been out a long time ago. You know, there were times where I was depressed, confused, stressed out, couldn't sleep, paranoid. My reasonings did not match my story. I became a liar and a cheater, and I wanted nothing to do with God. Have you ever gone through something so crazy? You like, wait a minute, does God even really exist? I promise y'all I went through that this year or the end of last year. I was going through some crazy times in my life all while I'm blogging, taking nice pictures, looking like my life is lit on social media, right? All while going through all that, all while uh, doing all that, I was going through a dark time in my life where I, I questioned, does God really exist? Maybe maybe there is no God. Maybe, because, you know, my life was going good. And then, then it took a detour, and I'm like, God of love wouldn't do this. He, he wouldn't, he wouldn't mess me up like this, would he? He wouldn't, he wouldn't shift my mind and shift my life like this, would he? Maybe he ain't, maybe he ain't real. Maybe, maybe that, maybe people are right, maybe there ain't no God. You know, that's what the enemy had in my mind for me to think. I got to the point where the pain was so bad that I questioned if God really exists. And then something just told me, girl, get out of that state of mind. What you talking about? Get get out of that thinking. What do you mean there is no God? And I had to get out of that quick, man, because I found myself going there. Sometimes your pain makes you say some crazy stuff. Sometimes your pain makes you question crazy stuff. You know? So I became a liar and a cheater. I wanted nothing to do with God. And I got so, it got so, so bad to the point where I even questioned if God really exists. So you see, I need to be plugged into God every single second of my life. Don't get me wrong. This does not mean I'm perfect and without flaws. It's because of my sins and my flaws that I need to stay plugged in. It ain't because I'm good. I think Lecrae said something up to the point where he was like, it's not because he's without sin that he does not need a savior. It's because he's with sin. He has sin. That's why he needs a savior. And I, I feel the same way. So be careful not to let just anyone into your mind. Because people will feed you what they want just to control you. So when life's inconsistencies catch up with you, the way for you to be constant consistent in the face of that is to pray pray like you about to lose everything pray like your life depends on it pray like you got something to give up 
that's how you become consistent in the face of life's inconsistencies when you turn your issues and your problems to God where you turn them in and you're like God I tried on my own and I can't make it but now I give this to you I give this problem to you I give this issue to you let your will be done because I know God you love me and everything you do is good so whether you don't even give me the answer that I want I still thank you because your plan for my life is bigger than I can even imagine your plan for my life is greater than my thoughts can conceive and also I'm leave y'all with this here I wrote this in my journal March 28th I titled it a mother's prayer it's not really a mother's prayer maybe it is but maybe I can give this to my kids one day but I said today was a good day and here's where I get into it I said devil because sometimes you gotta you gotta speak to your own self you hear me sometimes when you're going through things you gotta be your own life coach you gotta be your own therapist you gotta be your own preacher you gotta be your own doctor you gotta be your own healer you gotta be able to look at life's problems and speak to yourself you don't need to be going to the pastor you don't need to be going to no members of the church you need to go to prayer you need to go to God straight direct straight to him skip the middle man and go straight to the throne Sometimes you got an emergency 911. You don't have time to be calling people. You need to get to God as quickly as possible. And so I found myself in that situation. I found myself to the point where I was like, I can't make no phone calls right now. I need to get this out of my system. I need to talk to the enemy face to face and let him know that I'm a child of God. And this is what I got to say. So I said, devil, you are a liar. I will not be depressed, I underline not, or feed into your lies. You have no power, no dominion over me. I am the head and not the tail. My future days will be greater than my latter days. I am victorious and made new by the blood of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus. Christ shed his blood on the cross for all my past present and future sins i am forgiven by the blood of christ i declare healing in my body healing in my spirit healing in my mind for whom the sun underline s-o-n for whom the sun sets free is free indeed today i declare and decree that i am free from debt free from the torment of my past free from my failures Free from my cheating and lying, free from my judgment, free from false expectations, free from people pleasing, free from self-hate, free from that little negative voice in my head that tells me I am not enough. I put in bold letters, I am free today in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for peace, protection, and light over my family my children, my husband, my job, my car, 
my body, my friends, my in-laws, and everyone I've ever come in contact with. Preserve me, Jesus, under your wings. Don't take your anointing from me. Fill me up with life lessons, pain, and pleasure, because all these come all these components are what you will use to refine me into your perfect masterpiece i bind worry fear anxiety and strongholds the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy but in the name of jesus i curse every living thing that goes against your word and the plan you have for my life i curse false prophets i curse players and smooth talkers bring me father god your love jesus and give me someone who will have integrity and respect for the things and the people of god and the people he loves grant me the patience to love this person like i love myself god i don't know if you are still in the marriage restoration business but if you are, I pray for healing in this marriage, healing in my beloved husband, and healing in me. May we both come out of the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say, even though he slay me, yet I will trust him. So I leave you with that word today. I pray God's power, God's peace, God's love and light be with you this week. And I can't wait to talk to you on my next podcast. God bless.